0: If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening, so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Ruined. This is Hallie, and this is Allison, and boy, we're at it again. It's the like gals are at it again. We simply can't. <laughs> we cannot stop doing this podcast. Won't stop. Can't, will not
0: stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Will stop one day. We're tired old ladies. You know? <laughs> yeah, when
1: we die, the day I die, we'll <laughs> yes. probably have baked a lot of episodes, so hopefully we'll be able to air them. You yeah, know, after, we do like uh, to demise. work in
0: advance.
1: Um, Hallie, how's it going? Well, I'm I'm struggling through a cold, and I'm fine. It's just that my, my <laughs> instrument, that's the problem with how yes. we live now is I, yes. I have one sense. I could be a <laughs> mouth attached to a brain in a jar, and that would be fine. Well, no, I guess I'd have to be a head, but it'd be fine. And unfortunately, right now, my voice is just, I'm trying to protect it like a little tiny baby chicken. I mean, it's hard when our voices go, because
0: what else do we do? I have nothing else. Um, How are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah, you're sick. I'm still recovering from surgery. We're we're falling apart at the seams, but Mm -hmm. I think I think we'll be able to last. Um, Oh yeah. Look, we get a lot of emails from all of our many, many, many fans, and I think it's only fair if we answer some of them in some of our episodes here, just to chat. I was like, I'll lead the section segment. I can't even do that. Yeah, you were like, I'll
1: say a bunch (laughs) of stuff. Well, you know, and I think. We do love doing a mailbag episode. We've done one in our entire existence. But we (laughs) thought, why wait for our mailbag episode? Why not just read your emails and messages as they come in? So please keep messaging us, and we're going to read some now and answer some of your questions.
0: Yeah, because I know you guys have. I mean, we all want to talk about all these movies all the time. Um, But one that we've gotten a bunch, um, this is from Dave B., I'm not going to say anyone's full name if you gave us your email or anything because I don't know what your privacy situation is, you know? Right. So Dave B. and many others have asked us why we haven't done Silence of the Lambs and is that a horror movie? And the number one problem is I've seen Silence of the Lambs many right. times. Um And I don't think it... Like, I understand why it would qualify as a horror movie. Like, it is objectively terrifying. But to me, it's a thriller, and I just, like, can't... Right. I want to, like, draw what that line is because, like, there's definitely some difference, but I can't figure out, like, what it's like. I guess, know, like... Milk, almond milk. They're all, you know,
1: Yeah, <laughs> similar. I like there are definitely... I agree. I don't think it's a horror movie. I think it's a thriller with, like, horror elements. But yes. I, I feel like, for me, a thriller, the difference is we're trying to solve a, a mystery. A murder. Yes. Someone's trying to escape. Yes. Like, there is a goal, and that creates a linear plot line versus horror. Yes. And I think the the one we're doing this week is a great example of that. It's like, you are just put into the situation of the protagonist, and you are experiencing it with them. You don't know, yes. like, ah, okay. And maybe there's like a, oh, we have to find uh, the MacGuffin. Like, we have to find this, right. this crystal, this this ancient book. But you, you, what you are enjoying about it is experiencing their terror in the moment, whereas I would say most of Silence of the Lambs, you know, you know, like, listen, Hannibal Lecter, for the most part, is in a cage, you know?
0: Yeah, there's just, like, a few very, like, tense, scary scenes, and, like, mm-hmm. also, like, it's shot, I mean, like, there's, I mean, we don't need to get, we can just, like, recap Silence of the Lambs, but, like, <laughs> There's also, yeah, there's something also like i thrillers have like no paranormal, no extraterrestrial, no like funny business.
1: Yeah, thriller. Yeah. When I think thriller, I think the 90s, you know, like we're getting Ashley Judd in there. We're getting, I was, you know, having Morgan been Freeman. home
0: all day for a year. Um, I've seen now many Ashley Judd movies because uh, they air on like oxygen during the day. Double Jeopardy, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where she. It's it's fun when a woman kills her husband. I'll say
1: it. <laughs> you you love it. I love it. You love to see it. But I think it's a great question. And yeah, Silent Slams is a great film that neither of us would consider horror. And then I think we do really want to try to do movies where Allison doesn't feel like she can watch it. And you watched it.
0: Yeah, I've watched. I mean, I studied it in a film studies class in college, but had also seen it. I've read the book. Like, I really like that movie, which mm-hmm. makes my aversion to horror even. More confusing.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like. And I think, that's true. you know, my goal is to find the things you definitely don't like and then force you to <laughs> listen to every detail of them. <laughs> and then give A me excruciating question. details. A, A great, great question. question. Thank <laughs> you. And we just would also like to thank—we're um, going to call her Valerie G, because, again, we don't yes. want to say anyone's full name. You know the internet, yeah. you know kill, serial killer. We're, we you know, we look, just don't know where everyone's at, you know? I've had my identity stolen
0: twice. I don't wish it on anyone. It is a paperwork nightmare, Um
1: Right, and so, she still hasn't figured out it was me both times, which is the most know, shocking part like, of that experience. It's so
0: weird, because we talk all the time, and you have all my credit cards. <laughs> right, I keep jokingly asking for your PIN number, and you keep giving it to me. Yeah, and I'm like, why do you need to know my mom's maiden name? <laughs> you're <laughs> it's like, for it's a funny fun game we're going to play on the podcast.
1: Um, um, we just like to thank Valerie G. We jokingly suggested that you send us $3 <laughs> because we are your Wikipedia. And wouldn't you know it, but Valerie came through, and my our favorite part is in um, when she sent it to us, she said yes. uh, the description was a memo Yeah, um, in honor of the sanctity of knowledge. So, Valerie, thank you so much. And also, if you want to contact us, I'm uh, probably on Instagram at The Ruin Podcast. We'd love to send you a little video personally yeah. to you or something fun that you can enjoy. Yeah. Because you gave us six dollars, that's six diet cokes. A lot, yeah. Well, like the memo in mine just said three diet cokes. So, mine's not for knowledge, but it is for soda, and I think that's important. So, Valerie, go ahead and message us at Ruin Podcast on Instagram, and we would love to reach out to you. And again, I'm not saying anyone else should send us three dollars.
0: Right. You don't have to send us $3. There is no mandate that because you are listening to this podcast that you send us $3 over Venmo at our handles, at Allison Libby and at Hallie Kiefer.
1: But... Is it did, possible? Does the internet make something like that so right. easy? Yes, it does. You can. We're not telling you you have to.
0: And if you did, I don't know, maybe we would send you something special. Hard to say, you know? Who's to say? Us. us but we're not going to. Us. We won't say. We won't say. <laughs> we'll say anything except for that.
1: Well, <laughs> you really that, summed it up, what, Allison.
0: That's, I think that's what Meatloaf was writing that song about. I would do anything for love, but I won't tell you if we'll send you a video for a $3 <laughs> Venmo donation.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to make any presumptions, but I'm assuming he would do that now. I got to think Meatloaf's Loaf's on uh, Cameo or one of those. There is no way he isn't. And now I want to get you one, so...
0: Right. Yeah, we'll okay. be searching
1: that later. And then we'd also like to thank one more person um, for our movie of this week. Uh, we just want to say we got suggested, again, Peter V. Again, don't want to say someone's last name. Peter, thank you so much Peter for the suggestion. Peter Vinkman, <laughs> the fictional carrier <laughs> character from the first two Ghostbusters movies. And I guess potentially the one that's going to come out, but I don't know when that one's coming out. Are they making one with men? Um, yeah, Are they think- doing an all-male reboot of the all-female Reboot of Ghostbusters? <laughs> that almost would be... I feel like they should do that because I would get meta enough to be funny. Um, yes. No, I believe that it's following Egon's daughter and granddaughter. And then, of course, they find his... There's all the right. ghost-busting stuff. And I'm just going to put this out here. I'm just assuming maybe they find ghosts. I don't know. I, I didn't mean, write the film. We'll have to see when it comes out. I don't want to... And when will that be? I don't know.
0: When are movies going to come? I mean, in New York, they're opening movie theaters. So God knows we're close
1: allegedly um so yeah peter thank you so much for suggesting this movie and the movie we are doing this week we're just going to jump right into it is of course the mist Ugh. which our our uh, producer sabrina thought was in the 80s which i thought was fun oh and she also yes confirms sabrina confirms yes meatloaf yes. is on cameo please take a look if you're a big meatloaf fan yeah maybe there's some yeah i'm sure he's got all the time in the world
0: to make something interesting for you I also thought The Mist was an older movie. And I was thinking that it was, I don't know what movie I'm thinking of, but I feel like maybe we've talked about it, either you and I or on the podcast before. But like, there's some movie that I remember seeing part of when I was younger where there's some teens, it's from the 80s, They're like on a raft in a lake. Oh, yeah. There's like like goo coming up in between the slats of their like wooden raft, and it's like burning or doing or like melting their skin or it hurts.
1: Well, you know, Allison, what's great about this is so The Mist, the movie we're uh, about to do, is based on a book by Stephen King. Yes. The Raft, which is what you're thinking of. Is a short story. It's called the raft. It's a short story by Stephen King that was turned into a segment in um, Creep Show Two, which is an anthology. We have not done any, any anthologies, that so we should do one for sure. I feel like we
0: should do that because I also do, like. I just have this like very vivid, like four second memory of like a scene and being like, I don't like this. I don't want any part of this, and also it's going to live in my brain for the rest of my life and terrify me of lakes, uh, my um, least favorite body of water.
1: I agree. I mean, the ocean's scary. The creek, creeks and rivers, I feel like, are the least scary because at least things are there. We keep things moving. Keep, things a are lake. moving along. Lakes are... Um, you, you can't see the bottom. There's a lot of plants. They get so deep. They get so deep. You just don't know. Um, we're extremely anti, anti-lake on yeah, the podcast. We're very anti, apparently. Yeah,
0: ruined is anti-lake.
1: But you're right, um, both of them are Stephen King stories, so I feel like you're picking up on something. And speaking of, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer for the movie. So what did you think of the Miss trailer? What were your thoughts?
0: I, like, a lot happens. I'm like, we go from, like, a storm decimating a building to, like, now everyone's in the grocery store, and now there's mist and then there's bugs and then there's religion it's just mm-hmm. kind of like there's a lot happening in this and it all looks
1: terrifying <laughs> um we, we, marcia harden she's phenomenal in this let me just say she's the star of yeah. the show she is um stephen king if you're familiar with work is he really hates a zealot He hates a religious mm-hmm. zealot he does. and she plays it with a plum a plume a plumly she t- nope. plays it aplombly. She plays it aplombly. And I wanted to take a baseline scare for this film, but I really had a hard time nailing down exactly what we're talking about. So I'm going to say, "Interesting, Allison, how scary do you find the concept of monsters? Very. Oh, okay. Monster, monster.com? <laughs> Job searching? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's
0: terrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> um, mon- I don't. So in the scheme of movies, Ooh. like, I guess... A monster is less scary to me than some like demon. I guess a monster is not a demon. Like monsters and demons are different, right? Um, I think it depends on the movie. But yeah. I think there's definitely some crossover. But are you saying you find demons scarier than a monster? I think- Demons are scarier because they tend to, like, inhabit a person. So, like, all of a sudden, a person is committing violence and being scary. Whereas, like, a monster on its own. I don't know. There's so many, like, lovable monsters in our culture. That's a really good point. Yeah, Monsters, like, Inc. Monsters, Inc. It's
1: Monsters like, University. When you say
0: monster, I'm like, oh, Sully.
1: <laughs> well, don't don't imagine the, the, no. the Monsters University is not taking place, is not located no. in Maine in this movie. Of course, it's in Maine. And I do feel like this is, when I think of Maine, I, I really only think of Stephen King. I think of, Stephen King, lobsters, Mm -hmm. the accent, and I'm going to say cabins. I guess I do like Maine. There's so few things that I associate with Maine. Those are all good things except the accent. I even like the accent.
0: Maine in the summer? I mean, a few things are as good.
1: Maine in the summer. Maine in
0: the summer? Wearing a light sweater in the evening? Come on. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) Maine
1: is better. That should be their um, tourism (laughs) slogan. (laughs) Yeah, why isn't it? Allison, before we get started, would you like to guess whether there'll be a twist in this movie?
0: Guess the twist. There's definitely a twist. There were, like, nine twists in the trailer, it
1: seemed. Yeah, this is, I mean, again, a great film.
0: The trailer showed too much. This is the kind, like, again, like, I don't think I, like, want to watch this movie, but based on the trailer, I feel like if you forced me to at gunpoint, I could. And I could, I would do that. Yeah, no, I know. That's why we live across the country right now because I'm afraid.
1: Because my gun's so long. (laughs) What does that even mean? Um, Just like right outside your, I'm holding my hand and the right outside your. (laughs) I open my door and it's there. Gotcha. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Um, That's a Stephen King story right there. Yeah, I mean,
0: run it. This like, like, I feel like so much happens. It's hard to know
1: like what's at the root
0: Mm-hmm. Of what's going on in this movie, but whatever is like the last twist, I feel is going to be big.
1: Yeah, and I, I, it, it is hard to guess just because there's so much that happens. In this movie, what the, <laughs> what the twist will be. Let me just say, this is a movie that is famously has a last, a finale twist that people Ooh. did not like. Oh, they don't like it. But I think they didn't like it because it, it, it made you go, no. Not like it was bad narratively, it was right. just like, oh, oh okay. god, why.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So they're not, like, angry. It's not like people who were like, you didn't tell us where the smoke monster came from in Exactly. Lost. Like, it's not, it's like people being like, oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like, okay, oh, okay. no. I did it. Okay. I was hoping that this would not happen. Okay. Well, oh, man. well, let's get started. I am nervous. And I am now about to shove Allison face first into the mist. Um, we open on uh the artist David Drayton. And they this is like my fantasy where it's like he lives, he does family live in like a small town in Maine. He's like a working artist who does like movie posters, but they are like Amazing. make enough money that they have a nice home and he has a child who's like alive. It's like what kind of fantasy is this guy living in? You know. Yeah.
0: What year is this supposed to be? I know it's like a modern movie, but it's like that's not an economy that exists anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean, God bless him. I believe this came out in two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Ooh, you remembered. It was on
0: the name of the YouTube clip. <laughs> Perfect. That I watched the trailer on.
1: <laughs> but even be, but and again, that's what I always like in horror movies. It's like I want to see they live in paradise and then everything's going to go to shit. Um, so, uh, David's painting and he's working on his new, you know, uh, movie poster. And then a terrible storm rolls in and he, his wife, Steph, and their son, Billy, all go down into the basement. Did you guys ever have to do that, like, for tornado, like, warnings and stuff?
0: We didn't get a ton in Maryland. It's, like, not a bit, but, like, there were tornadoes that would come through, like, once every couple of years during, Mm -hmm. like, storm season or whatever, but it wasn't, like... If, if a tornado was coming, like, I guess I knew the basement was where you go, but it wasn't like, let's all practice for right. when this happens.
1: Yeah, we definitely, like, we lost power a lot. A lot. I, I, lived, yeah. I, I lived in Ohio. Um, but I definitely remember going into the basement, but not like a ton. But they mm. immediately went down there. I'm like, ah, my childhood. And they yeah. stay down there, and unfortunately, it's this terrible storm, and it knocks over his grandfather's tree that his grandfather planted, and it smashes in this huge picture window. So when they get, get up in the morning— it's like everything is soaked. There's glass everywhere. And yeah. he's like, oh, god damn it. And they go outside, and Billy's Billy's very excited because he's like a seven-year-old boy. He's like, Oh my gosh, there's stuff everywhere, Crazy. you know, like running around. Right. And um kids are
0: useless in the aftermath of a disaster.
1: <laughs> they love destruction. <laughs> they love carnage. Of course it's very right. exciting to him. <laughs> and so David and Steph look over, and there's a dead tree that was on their neighbor's yard. And the tree which I guess weird to understand. David has been repeatedly warning and asking and like badgering the neighbor to please cut it down. It's dangerous. It has, okay. of course, fallen over and smashed their dock. So David goes over to yell at the neighbor, and it's Andre Browner. Browner? Anywho, he's from Brooklyn 99. He's phenomenal. Oh, yes. And he plays the neighbor Brent Norton, whoever refers to him as Norton. And he, go, uh, David, goes over, kind of yell at him, but also like David, is, clearly doesn't feel like he could go totally apeshit because, like, also all everyone's house has been affected, right? And Norton, they lo- he looks over, and Norton, um, his car has been smashed by the tree, and okay. so Norton says, like, "Could you please drive me to the hardware store?" And you can tell there's, there's sort of bad blood between them, like bad neighbors. But right. Dave, they're not assholes. So David takes Billy and Norton, and they drive into town. And Steph's like, I'm going to have the thankless job of cleaning up that, all the house. And yeah, there's she's also like, a I'll physical... start putting these
0: boards back together. Why don't you guys go to the store?
1: <laughs> right, I'd be like, please just let me go to the store with you. Yeah. And she's definitely going to feel that way based on what's about to happen. Yes. Um, and so as they're driving into town, they see all these military trucks going past them and, um, like, power company trucks going past them on the highway. So they're like, okay, great. Maybe we'll get our power back today. That'd be really great. And apparently there's a military base up the mountain from them, and there's all these whispers around town that they are taking part in what it is referred to as the Arrowhead Project. Mm-hmm. And... David is a local, and Norton is, like, this big hotshot lawyer up from New York. And the car that of got course. smashed is, like, a vintage Mercedes, like, gorgeous. Of course. Oh. And, he's, and he's like, so what do you think they do up there? I've heard a lot of, like, rumors that there's, like, a lot of scientific experiments whatever. And David's like, well, it's the military. They probably are doing missile testing. Like, yeah, they're, I mean, it's probably something's going on, but I don't know. Right. No one's ever told me. So they um, roll up to the supermarket. The supermarket's power is out, but they have a generator, so all of, like, the freezers are still working. And we okay. find out basically, like, the food will keep. It's just that, like, they can't run the— ca- everyone has to use cash. The lights. Okay. Yeah, so the, the— and then once it's dark, they won't have any lights. Uh, and so they show up, and, and David knows everybody because he's from this town. So yeah. So he sees Ollie, uh, who's, like, this sort of— sort of like the bumbling, you know, assistant manager, but he's super nice. And in the movie, he's right. going to sort of rise to the occasion. And then his manager, Bud, who's an asshole— He's like, oh, like, you know, you know, like, it's like the middle of a storm and people are still, like, showing their true colors, you know? Yes. And then we also meet Marsha Gay Harden's character, oh. Mrs. Carmody, who's immediately so mean. The original Karen, she's complaining about the lights being down. <laughs> she's complaining about the lines. And it's like, I- I'm sorry if this storm that ruined everyone's house is inconveniencing you. What a yes. pain that
0: must be. I'm so sorry that only you are experiencing this entire neighborhood destruction. Like...
1: Yeah. So they get a bunch of stuff and they get in line and they're like, okay, we'll get the groceries and then we'll go to the hardware store next door and like get a bunch of stuff. And uh they're uh chatting with uh Mrs. Reppler, who's played by um Bunny McDougal, Trey McDougal's wife from Sex in the City. Did you ever watch Sex in the City? I guess Wait, we should have asked. Wife that or mother? I'm sorry, mother. Well, I mean I was mean, gonna
0: say bunny. Well, uh, kind of one and the same with that family. Area,
1: let me. Say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Frances yes, of Sternhagen, phenomenal character actress. I
0: love her as a character actress. Such a funny, such a funny woman.
1: Everyone in this movie is like a very funny character, actor, or actress that you immediately recognize. Yeah, that's what the trailer felt like. So they're chatting with Mrs. Rappler, but everyone's kind of like, whatever. And we see uh, there's three military privates walk in. There's Private Jessup, mm-hmm. Morales, and Donaldson. And as soon as they walk in a military police officer comes in after them, and we hear him tell the these privates, no one gets leave, everyone has to go back to the base. And they're like, oh, damn it, if we had just kept going, if, he wouldn't have found us, we could be on leave by now. But they're like, okay, we'll just get groceries, and then we'll go back to the base. So all the military okay. are being called back to the base because of whatever has happened. Oh, because of but, the storm? Yes, so everyone's like, okay. oh, the storm's terrible. You know, like, you have to, like, essentially act as the National Guard for this, like, area. Right. Like, you okay. have to, like, be— Actually working. Unfortunately, while they're in line, a tornado siren starts and everyone's looking around. It's the middle of the day, it's bright sunshine, and all these right. fire trucks and, and police trucks start barreling down the highway past the store. And everyone in line, and there's like, I'm gonna say, like at least hundred people, maybe like 150 people in the yeah. store. Everyone falls is dead silence, like, oh, oh no. And then there's an earthquake. And what? everyone is knocked to the ground immediately. And everyone's like, oh, shit. You know, this guy, Mr. McConnell's Mr. Connell's like, it's probably like the chemical plant. Like, maybe the storm damaged it, and now, like, there's, like, explosion or whatever. Like, something is going on. This is, the, But everything is a result of the storm. So, so everyone's trying right. to, like, rationalize what's going on. Right, right, right. And while they're all sort of, like, composing themselves, a guy named Dan runs up to the store and bursts in, and he says, there's something in the mist. There's something in the mist that Mm -mm. took John Lee. And that's Mm -mm. how you start a horror movie. That Yeah, that is. I'm in. Like, you cut right to the chase. And as they watch, Dan, who barely gets inside, they turn a thick mist, it looks like smoke, rolls in up to the front of the supermarket. It is so dense, like you cannot see anyone's car. Yes. And then they're just there in the supermarket. Well, like, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's obviously a big part of the trailer
0: is, like, we're in the supermarket. You're looking—you see outside, like, Mm -hmm. the mist. But, like, I don't imagine, like, supermarkets' doors to be airtight, the ventilation to be, like— I mean, they're, like, obviously, like, air conditioning and stuff. Like, always—there's always some kind of ventilation, especially when you have that much, like, refrigeration and stuff like that, like, that there's air getting pulled in from the outside. Like, how is it not—but I also know that that's, like— an annoying question to have.
1: <laughs> well, I would say the answer to that is the mist is not the issue. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> the, the mist is accompanied by things that are going uh, to become a huge problem. Okay, the so it's like a chaperone. Is, the mist has chaperoned some things, <laughs> some very disgusting things, because you're right, absolutely. And you do see people like throughout the movie inhaling the mist stepping out and then coming back in. Like, right. the mist itself is not toxic. Essentially, okay. is I think we're to understand, it's, it's
0: just very thick mist. And, like, obscuring your view from, like, exactly. more than a few inches in front of you.
1: And there are a couple Great. moments, like, the, you pointed out in this movie where I'm like, well, that's a little convenient, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> like, well, yes. in reality, I don't know if this is how it's going. But everyone's like, what the hell is this? like? And everyone's like, oh, maybe it's, like, the result of the the, you know, like, there's a freeze and then there's a storm. And, like, they're trying to explain, like, maybe it's, like, an environmental thing. And Mrs. Carmody to herself says, it's death. And unfortunately, she's going to really go down that angle of the mist, uh, as you yeah. saw in the trailer. Yeah, she, uh, does she have a Bible with her, or is it just she a sure notebook? Does. Okay. Yeah, sure, she sure Yeah, she sure has a Bible. Thin.
0: It looks like it's just, like, selected chapters.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think maybe she took out the stuff she doesn't like that does seem kind of, like, up her alley. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's like, what should we do? And everyone's like... I don't know. And this woman, who had a, has a very short haircut, and I wonder if they did that so you'd immediately recognize her, like, when you see her, like, it's, like, something different. This woman said, um, my, I have to leave. My kids are at home. And everyone's like, ma'am, this you don't leave. Just stay here. Like, the, we don't know. The, this guy, Dan, ran in. And Dan's like, yeah. I didn't see what it was, but there's something in the mist that took Sean Lee, like I said. And they're saying, ma'am, just stay here. We have food. Like, the freezers are working. We have, like, we have bathrooms. Like, right. just stay here. And, and, and help will come. And she says, no. Essentially, like, would anyone help me? Would anyone here see a lady home? And it's like, girl, I probably no, wouldn't either. I'm going to be no, realistic. I wouldn't. And then she turns to everyone. She says, I hope you all rot in hell. And then she leaves and she just walks very, out Very, mean. very mean.
0: Very <laughs> mean.
1: <laughs> you all go to hell. I hope you Got all it? rot in hell. hope you all rot in hell. <laughs> and mean, so she, she goes out in the mist. However, when she goes out into the mist... Nothing happens. You don't hear any screaming. You don't—she doesn't run back. But you don't, you don't see, see her after,
0: like, two feet, right? Exactly. Okay. So you're
1: like, okay, so is there something in the mess? And um, Bud, the manager, starts organizing all the employees and the people there to pick up all the stuff that got knocked over when the earthquake hit. Because they're like, everyone can stay, obviously. just so stay here and be safe, but we need to, theres like, broken glass. Like, some of the lighting right. fixtures fell and all this stuff. So they are trying to clean it up, and everyone's sort of, like, talking to each other, like, what do you think's going on? What do you think's going on? And, um, you know, the woman who left, she said, like, my kids, little Wanda, little Victor and Wanda are at home. <laughs> and so I have to go to them. So now Billy, David's kid's like, mom's at home. Like, we have to go back for mom. Uh, and David's mom. like, do I leave? And this is a hard question. That is a hard question. Because I feel like if I, if I was there with mm-hmm. a kid, mm-hmm. I would stay. But if my spouse was at home with a kid, I feel like I would go to try I, to reach them.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like you wouldn't, as a parent, want to leave the child. But you also wouldn't bring the child. Like, you have to kind of hope that your wife either, like, stays home and protected
1: or is right. coming to you.
0: hmm
1: I guess. And at least as far as we know, I don't think they have another car. So I think it's okay. like they have to go to her or else that's kind of— Or she's it. just home. Yeah. And um, so David and Ollie are chatting, and they're joined by Mrs. Thurman and Mrs. Rappler, uh Bunny McDougal. Mm-hmm. And they introduce him to this woman, Amanda. In the book, I believe David and Amanda do have an affair or eventually sleep gro- together in, in the, the grocery, grocery store, store.
0: During the movie. Well, in, the and in,
1: his, in their defense, and she's married as well— Okay. Hey, we just don't know. what. Hey. I do think that like. You know what I mean? Uh, you know,
0: at the point of this could be it. Mm-hmm. All bets are off.
1: Yeah, I think it's like a moment of desperation. Both yeah. of them probably assuming, like, I don't know if my spouse is still alive or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to survive. Like, yeah, they I cut just, this like, out of the movie, though. And I do feel like they do that with a lot of Stephen King stories where they're like, anything weird sexually, they're like, uh, we, we don't need to have this. Well, it
0: also seems like there's already so much going on that
1: throwing yes, like a,
0: a romance into this would be
1: complicated. Yeah. So the uh, power goes out. In the store. In the store. Okay. And David goes back to uh, check out the, like, the generator. And he sees it's overheated, so he turns off the generator. And while he's there, he sees something large pressing against the door of the loading dock. So it has, like, one of those big, like, metal sort of, like, pull-down garage-type mm-hmm. doors. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. enormous is pushing on the outside of the door. So, like, it's, like, indenting inward? Yeah, something alive. Something is, like like, like— like popping his hand it's, okay. or his giant okay. body okay. up against oh this, so no. obviously David's like, "Oh fuck!" You know, no, no, no. no so no, he no. runs back no. out to tell Ollie, and he's like, "Okay, so you know, I, I have some bad news. You know, I um, I think we need to go check this out." So he brings back Ollie, Norm, who is also an employee, Myron, and Jim, and uh, they realize that the reason the generator isn't working is that something is blocking it from the outside. So both oh, Norm, no. who is like a oh, child, no. yeah. it, not right. a child, but you mean a young man, right. and Jim are like, I'll go outside, I'll go outside right now, and I'll unblock it. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, worst comes to worst, this is a chemical cloud, and you're going to inhale yeah. it. You, it. like, right. we You have know. no idea
0: what something in the mist could possibly mean. And Exactly.
1: And David says, I mean, I don't know what it is, but something huge was pressing against, like, knocking into the door. And they're like, you're being crazy. Again, why do people do this? You, they don't know when they're in a horror movie. I have to remind myself. Right. they're like, this guy's right. talking crazy. There's nothing out there. It's like, well. I'm never going to assume there's nothing out there.
0: If anything, I assume that there's always something out there, even if I've been yes. given no evidence to that there is. <laughs>
1: Exactly. So finally, Norm's like, I'm going to run out there, just like open, turn the channel on enough to open the door Mm -hmm. and I'll run out and I'll unclog whatever's blocking him. He opens, they open the door. Norm goes to like scoot underneath a giant fucking tentacle with like black talons reaches underneath the door and grabs Norm and is like ripping him apart. Obviously, Jim and Myron and Ollie are all now believe that David was, you know, being honest. And they're screaming and they're like, running around, and Norm is dying. Like, Norm is being destroyed. And so finally, Ollie gets a fire axe, and he hacks off the end of the tentacle, and the thing retreats, and they're able to get to the door down. And David okay. says to Jim, like, you were, like, why would you listen to me? Like, he's the reason that, he, you know, like, he died because, he, he's a kid. He's allowed to be dumb. You're an right. adult man. I right. told you what I saw and you didn't believe me. And now he's right. dead because of it. That's the thing. It's like, if yeah. he had come and said, if, if Norm
0: had come and said it, there would have been like, oh, I, what do we believe, this young guy? Like, right. but another adult told you, don't, we can't look exactly. out there. That something's out there. And you ignored
1: him. Yeah, and also like Dave, so we have Dan who came with a nosebleed and now David have both said there's something out there. It's not worth it. Right. However, at this point, they go back outside and they go up to Norton. He goes to Norton. He's like, I have to tell you something. And he tells Norton this. With the idea like Norton is like this like very, everyone knows him in town. is like this guy who's up from New York. He's like this really powerful lawyer. He's like sort of, people will believe him. Unfortunately, Norton's like, I don't believe you. This does not make any logical sense. I've never seen a monster. Monsters are not real. Right. So we're so this movie is grounding in our own reality. So like, right. not like, a reality. We're like, okay, maybe he's like, there is no way that right. doesn't that cannot. He's a proxy for us, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so David and his little gang that's forming, you know, of Ollie and uh, Jim and Myron, say to everybody, "Hey, I got some bad news. Um, we saw this big tentacle monster. Something is in fact out there." and uh, we just don't think anyone should go outside meanwhile there's sort of these factions forming in mm-hmm. the grocery store so yes. mrs carmody mrs carmody starts telling people that's right it's judgment day and it's come around at last there is nothing more obvious or natural than that Oh, fuck man she believes that like this god is punishing the world because we are all like liars and deceitfuls and we've turned against god And, um, you know, this makes sense. So, like, she agrees with David, but is not sort of on the same page as him as to why there are monsters or what to do about it. Right. But she's like, that's happening. Yes. Meanwhile, Norton, there are people, and people start to agree with him, saying this is not, this is obviously some sort of, like, environmental crisis. Mm -hmm. There are no monsters. So, Mm -hmm. I think that, so they, a little group of people decide we're going to leave. And David's like, I am really begging you, dude. I know we haven't always gone along, but your tree crushed by my a da- my dock. I am telling you there yes. are monsters outside. And they have this sort of like ongoing debate about like who to believe, what to, what to do about it. Yeah. And we get to the point where Mrs. Carmody is praying on the toilet, or of like course. she's using the, the toilet as an altar, and she's praying oh, to sure. God. And she says essentially like, if I can convince even one of these people to believe in you, I will have earned my place in heaven. And so Amanda comes in and uh, is like, oh, are you okay? And they're like, you know, I'm trying to be nice. Like, it's okay to be afraid if you need, like, a friend to talk to. And Ms. Carmody's sort of in Amanda's face, like, everyone's always made fun of me because I'm so religious. I know you're just mocking me. And Amanda says, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. I I genuinely was trying to be nice to you. Mrs. Carmody says, well, if I ever need a friend like you, I'll squat down and shit one out. You know, it's like oh. squeeze me. Also, like, like oh, okay, is that the religious thing to say? Well, <laughs> and I think that's sort of the issue. Is like, boy, you say you're religious, but boy, it seems like you're a nasty human. You bird. are a nasty bitch. So finally, we have these three factions, and Norton and his like probably like six people are like, we're going to leave. We're leaving. And David's like, I'm I'm asking you to Don't. consider not going. And and but Norton is going to do it anyways. And David says to him, Well, what if there are monsters? And Norton says. Well then, I guess the joke will have been on me all along. And it's like, well, I know what movie we're watching, so I know that the joke is on you. And David says, "Will you tie a rope to your belt and uh, go out?" And we'll to see. We essentially want to see. We have a three hundred foot long, like nylon rope. Right. If you go get that far, we'll know. Okay, at least you got that far. And Norton says no, but this other guy, known identified only as the biker says, I will put it on because I want to go to Mr. Connell's car and get his shotgun. Because another thing they've been discussing is— I will say that that's not the worst idea. Yes. So sort of like, if there are things in the mist, do we have weapons? Anything and obviously, yeah, yeah. It's a grocery store, so they have knives, and they're saying like— And it's Maine, so people have guns. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amanda has a gun in her purse, but she's not really that familiar. Like, she shot it once or twice, so Ollie's yeah. taking it because Ollie's kind of a crack shot. Again, Ollie— as, like, our bumbling assistant manager is rising to the occasion. But no one else has a gun except for Mr. Connell, when Mr. Connell's parked, you know, in the parking lot. He's like, I can go try to get it, but I don't know. And so the biker says, tie the rope to my belt. I'm going to go to Mr. Connell's car, and I'll get it on comeback. And he, before he goes, he says to Mrs. Carmody, you know, it's like, you know, I believe in God, too, but I don't think he's the asshole that you're making him out to be. <laughs> and Mrs. Moody says, well, you can tell the devil that when you meet him. And it's like, she bitch, you were out of control. Full of it. Full. It's like...
0: Can you at least relax for a minute while we try and, like, strategize against the monsters?
1: Exactly. So, oh, no. so so, Norton and, like, six, six of his people go out into the mess, and the biker goes out, and they're all watching silently as, like, the, line, the lead of the rope goes out, and then finally it goes slack, and they're like, oh, shit— And then it goes taut again, and it gets pulled up into the air. And there's, like, five people trying to pull it off. So, essentially, the biker's body is being lifted into the air, which is not a good sign. No, no. And then suddenly it goes slack, and everybody holding it falls. And they drag it back, and as they pull the rope back, it's just covered in blood. Like, feet, tens of feet of it is covered in blood. That's too much blood. And finally, when they get to the end, the biker's body is there, but it's only the lower half of his body. His total top torso and head have been completely ripped off. Oh. Allison, I got to ask you, at this point, what would you do?
0: What would you do? I am inclined to kill myself. But Mm -hmm. for the sake of keeping this podcast going, um, I mean, this is where I... Find out if there's, like, a basement or, like, a safe, like, really Mm -hmm. protected space in that store. I'm not going outside. Yeah. I'm going to get a bunch of knives and maybe also, like, the household cleaner, like, you know how, I don't know what the combinations are, but like, I know that like vinegar and baking soda and peroxide, like you can make explosives. Yes. Right, and Uh, they have
1: fertilizer.
0: We see they have bags of
1: fertilizer. Yeah,
0: so like, I would maybe grab all of those things and the knives and like some, I don't know, liquor and... (laughs) Yes. Go to the safest place and just hole up and like hope to God this all like passes in a time where like, at least the skies have cleared.
1: yeah. Um, and I, think, I would assume
0: my wife is dead.
1: Yeah, I think—and and if I was a wife, I'd be like, just get out of here. You know, like, i mean? like, I'm mm. gone. You know, yeah. don't worry about me. I, Protect yourselves. Save the exactly. kids. Exactly. Save the child. So, so now Mrs. Carmody's like, um, did I stutter? Look at the material. <laughs> like, um, obviously, there's monsters in the mist. This is God's retribution. And she starts reading for the book of Revelation, which is full of a whole lot of goofy stuff. But yeah, if you take it hard. literally, yes, monsters are showing up, dragons, you know, whatever. Right. And Amanda says, you need to shut the fuck up because you're scaring the children. And they get into this huge fight, and everyone's like, shut up. And, like, they're sh- shouting her down to the point where she eventually is like, I'll I'll be quiet, but just, you know, by the end of this, you'll be on your knees to me. It's All like, right, girl, okay. relax. We get it. Rude. You're the center of your own universe. But, yeah, as a result, everyone who just saw that's like, okay, well, no one's going to leave. You know, right. and Manager Bud and um, Ollie are like, you know, we have food. We could. We have a grill in the back. We'll grill everyone food. We're just going to hunker down. And they start piling like. Um, I would be nervous of cooking food and attracting the monster. That's a really great point. And and what attracts the monsters is going to is about to become a very important. Oh, okay, point. great. Um, but I completely agree. And they start stacking um like fertilizer and dog food and all the stuff over the in the front windows because Ollie's like the entire front of the store is plate glass. Yes. If there are monsters there, they're coming in.
0: Yeah, that's in the trailer. It can see us and it can break that.
1: Yeah. So finally, it's nightfall. So they've been there for 12 hours. Like, they've been, because they just woke up and then immediately went to the store. So they've been there all day. Obviously, everyone's <sighs> kind of panicking. And while they're there, the, um, the lights are off in the store, but then the lights in the parking lot turn on. And they realize, oh, that must be attached to a different electrical source. Oh. So the lights are on. Unfortunately, those lights start to attract something. What, are, what does it attract Giant-ass bugs. Those bugs. Huge fucking three- or four-foot-long bugs. Mm-mm, mm-mm, and they're just thudding against the glass, and everyone's like, oh, no, because they're no. gigantic. And you're right. like, is the glass going to give? Right. Like, a
0: kid can throw a baseball that would shatter a window. Like, a exactly. four-foot locust? Like, it'll take down a grocery store.
1: And that's how Mrs. Kermude is, like, again, like reciting Bible verses about, like, the plague of locusts, this you know, bitch. coming into Egypt. So it's like, for her— Everything she's saying is confirming her own uh, interpretation of events. And also, people are starting to be like, this bitch is crazy, unless she's not crazy, and everything she's saying makes a lot of sense.
0: Right. All of a sudden, things are starting to add up.
1: Yeah. As they're watching these bugs, which are going to be attracted to the lights, unfortunately, a gigantic Mm pterodactyl-like monster Mm -hmm. bird sweeps out of nowhere to eat the bugs and smashes through the play class window.
0: That is one of those, like, things where, like, even in our real lives when it comes to bugs, when people are like, no, spiders are good. They eat bugs. I'm like, I absolutely not. (laughs) Like, I don't want to have to live with spiders so I
1: can avoid bugs. Like, what's
0: worse? It's like, we're just going up that food chain.
1: And unfortunately, it just depends on the bug. It depends Mm -hmm. on the spider. It depends on the bug. You know, Mm -hmm. like, there's Mm certain bugs where it's like, yeah, that's true, but it's not going to eat if a bunch of, like, bees get in my house. Then (laughs) it's not going to do me much good.
0: Wish a spider was here. Like, no, (laughs)
1: And unfortunately, the, the effectively these bugs are like a wasp or a bee. So they so not only do the bugs get inside through this uh, broken okay. window, the pterodactyls start getting in. Well, so these gigantic mutant birds no. are getting in. So everyone, it's just going batshit. And like, why? Uh, um,
0: I don't know why this is a question I have, but it is. Are
1: the birds wet? This is a great question. I think that they, I love this film. I think it's really great. I think that the money that a movie like this might have spent on graphics mm-hmm. went and said to its incredible cast. And as a result, the uh, graphics have like a weird sheen that yeah. th- to me feels a little dated. And as a result, they do look wet. Mm-hmm. But I think they're mm-hmm. just shiny. Yeah. I mean, they could be shiny. But you know what? If it, if it helps your visual picture, they're soaking wet. I like. Well, there's that. something scary about a giant wet bird, right? Yeah, and so of course they're going. They're going absolutely nuts. Another character we meet is this cashier Sally, who apparently was a babysitter for David's kid at some point. And she has like a. She went to um, high school with one of the privates, Private Jessup, and and they had this moment. And she's like, "Why did you never ask me out in high school?" And he's like, "I don't know. I was an idiot." So they kiss in like the employee lounge, and she's like, nice. "Sorry, I can't like go further than this, but like let's just like stay here together." So it's like, "Oh, that's so nice." Unfortunately, Sally immediately gets stung in the neck by one of these fucking insects, and her head blows up. It's like this disgusting like oh. balloon neck, like and dies within a matter of minutes. So there's now bugs inside. There are bugs inside, and now the pterodactyl birds are also inside having tried, they're trying to eat the bugs. Okay. So everyone's going batshit crazy. Alias is gone. He's trying to shoot the pterodactyls. Great. Um, They're making uh, torches out of mops soaked in kerosene. Unfortunately... This guy yes. Joe, who lights one of the kerosene mop torches, kicks over the container of kerosene, lights himself on fire. Oh so no! So now there's fire throughout the store. The store is filling with smoke and fire. No, absolutely And this not. is where I'm like, Allison's not wrong. Like your first instinct in this moment, I think, would feel like, well, I was right. I should have maybe Killed should myself. have been a wrap on me yeah. earlier before I had to be had to do these. Right. And then of now- course, yeah.
0: Well, it's always like, I don't want my, like, dying existence to be unpleasant. Like, yeah. in the same, it's like, where it's like, oh, what would you, would you hide in a corner or would you try and make a run for it? I'm like, I'm not going to go out exercising, you know? Like, yeah. I want, I, I don't want to go out, like, surrounded by giant bugs and birds. Like, I, right. I love the grocery store. I happily would. I would just
1: close myself in one of those freezers. I'd get into the ice cream case and oh, be like, I'm just going to stay there. Just freeze to death. That sounds great to me. Yeah, cozy. So during this whole calamitous situation, mm-hmm. you know, people are getting killed left and right. One of the bugs lands on Mrs. Carmoody's chest, Mm-mm. and she's like and she says, My life for you, which is like a oft-repeated Stephen King sentence in different stories. Interesting. That she's basically like, If I die, I die. The bug lands on her chest, kind of like looks around a little bit and then flies away. Again, people seeing this, more confirmation that she is this like vessel for gods on earth, you know, like no. she was right about all this. She was right that, you know, all this stuff was going to happen. No. And um, luckily they're able to get things under control and they have to kill all these pterodactyls right. and they have to kill all these bugs. But then they're able to board up the glass with okay. like um, wooden pallets essentially. So like now the whole area in the front of the, the store is reinforced. Okay. However, they, Joe has been terribly burned Sally right. is they sunk, dead. They put that fire out, I assume? Yes, they okay. were able to douse the fire, but <laughs> Joe is, he's Burned a Burned to a crest. okay. And they've taken him into the back room, and he's sitting there with his brother Bobby. And they kind of bring, David is sort of like the de facto in-charge person now, yeah. so they bring David back. And he's very reassuring and has a lot of ideas, so I don't blame them, you know. And they bring David back. And Joe says, I need, like, painkillers. And if you can't get them, I need you to kill me and put me out of my misery. Yeah. Because I am not dealing with this on Mm -hmm. top of there's there's a monster attack going on. There's so much going on already. So you understand it. And so, you know, David and the gang decide, okay, we're going to go next door in the morning. We're going to go next door to the pharmacy. And this is why you should go to a grocery store with the pharmacy inside. It's just convenient. It just is convenient. And they say we're going to get the um, uh, painkillers and there's some kind of topical medication you put on um, birds, birds to try to prevent him from dying of infection because he's going to get... And oh, again. He, I mean. he, he He touched a pterodactyl monster from a different... Right, we don't know what kind of
0: germs that thing is carrying.
1: Exactly. So uh, the gang sets out, so it's like David, Ollie, Bobby, Mrs. Reppler, who is very old, so I was kind of impressed that she wanted to go over there. And they set out, and they make their way to the pharmacy. They get there safely. Unfortunately, the pharmacy door has been left open, so the mist is in the pharmacy. So they can't see. So they're stumbling around. It's totally dark. Oh, and Jim and Myron are there, too. Jim looks up, and he just starts screaming. And we look, and it turns out that there are human bodies encased in these very thick cobwebs. That's Ugh. right, Allison, giant mutant spiders. No. So on the, on the upside, they get all the medication they I need. On the downside, like. there are th- thousands of mutant no. spiders. No, I don't like that. And while they're there, one of the bodies that's wrapped up says something to them, and they mm. turn, and no. it's the military police officer who we saw at the beginning. And he says, it was our fault. We did this. And they're like, what the what fuck? The and then literally fuck? he fall, his body falls to the ground and explodes in hundreds of baby spiders, <gasps> Allison. And then, as if that wasn't bad enough, the spiders are shooting their webbing, and the webbing is burning their skin. So it shoots Bobby, who's just watching his brother die horribly of burns in the other building. It it burns his leg, I and hate they have to place this. a tourniquet on his leg. I don't like this. So like the baby spiders are like tarantula size, and then like there's no. these larger spiders no. that are size of like. No. I a don't dinner
0: even, plate, no, right? Abs- I hate it. I hate this. I, we need so to they're,
1: mo- <laughs> keep moving. They're like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And so they're running out. Bobby is dead. They lost Bobby. And I think they lose someone else, maybe Mike. And so they're running out. As soon as they get to the door, there is a spider the size of a golden goddamn retriever outside. Oh, no. And they're like, and Ollie goes to fire his gun. Mm-mm. And it just, it just clicks. He doesn't have any bullets in it anymore. He's used them all. No. And they're like, oh, no. And Should so have been Dan, the pterodactyl because saved it for the spider. Listen to how he couldn't have known. Oh, you know who what could I mean? Have, and who could have possibly guessed? Who could have known? Who could have known? And so uh, Dan, the guy with the nosebleed from the beginning, who's like, everyone I'm saying is like, other than David, everyone's like an elderly man or woman <laughs> who's involved in this. Like, he has to take a broken off broom handle and fucking stab the spider to death oh. and throw it into the mist for them to finally get back. So then they run up. Also, everyone in the meantime in the store is like, they're dead. And right. Mrs. Carmody's like, I told you they're dead. Like I, And she had said to them, like, if you go over there, you're going to attract them to us. Like, you are just going to, like, bring right. more hell down on us. And it's going to be your fucking fault. She's, like, not wrong. That's the thing. And that's, that's why like, she's sucks. very convincing. It's like, people are like, oh, she's saying something that makes sense. Like, does that really matter? Like, no. But— What she's saying makes a lot of sense to people. Mm -hmm. So they run back over and they're screaming and they've lost Bobby and Mike, I believe. And, you know, they're just so traumatized and they're screaming and they're like, is there no place that we can go that is not filled with spider monsters? Yeah. So they come back over and David immediately falls asleep, which I think is very funny. Like it's the middle of the day and he just falls into a dead sleep. I would too. At
0: some point your body takes over and it's like, you need rest.
1: So at this point... They have this conversation. And David's like, um, okay, so I can fit eight people in my Land Rover. We get it. You have a Land Rover. Like, <laughs> I know. It's like, we get it. And I have a full tank of gas. Should we just drive? And they're like, I don't know. You know, this could be the whole uh, western or eastern seaboard. Like, we don't know how far this mist has traveled. Right. Is it worth us to just go? The best case scenario is, like,
0: you get out of it. But then, like, yeah, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of like what, if, if it is the whole Eastern Seaboard, if it is whole this, this whole area, then, like, it's over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then it's like, so you're just thinking you're just going to be out of gas in the right. middle of a nightmare, an apocalypse. Yeah. And and he said, well, another thing I'm concerned about is I'm concerned Mrs. Carbooty has gone completely insane and is going to, like, incite people to do something violent potentially against me or my child or one of us because we have been all sort of been, like, telling her to stop and right. shut up. At a certain point, Mrs. Reppler hits her in the face with a can <laughs> and said, well, you're a lot of stone people you disagree with. I read the Bible, and it's, like, a huge bitch. I so everyone yeah. in their little, like, rational group has been antagonizing Mrs. Carbooty, yes. and so she has it out for all of them, you know? And Amanda's like, no, I believe that people are fundamentally good. Mrs. Carmudi's crazy, but she's not going to do anything. And it's like, bitch. And that's why, had I watched this when it came out, I might be like, people wouldn't go that crazy. Having lived through the last four years, I was like, yep, this is what would happen. Again, they've been there two days, which Amanda says at a certain point. It's like, they've been there two days and they've gone insane.
0: Two days? These people wouldn't have survived covid (laughs)
1: Oh, no, I mean, these are the exact a same year. people who are probably ransacking that same supermarket because they don't want to wear masks. Right. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Carbooty, if she was still oh, alive. Oh, that is an anti-masker if I've ever seen. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so and Amanda's the only one who's like, do you really think that? And uh, Ollie says, As a species, we're fundamentally insane. Put more than two of us in a room, we pick sides and start dreaming up reasons to kill one another. Why do you think we invented politics and religion? But now David, having heard the military police officer in his dying breath, says, so the military has nothing to do with it. So he goes to find Private Jessup, who's, like, really fucked up because he watched Sally die, and they knew each other, and so he's, like, chain-smoking, like, behind one of the cash registers. And David said, so do you know anything about this? And he's like, no, I don't. And then David said, so where are the other two guys you were with? (gasps) They can't find them. So they're searching all over, and the only place they haven't looked is the loading Doc oh and God. they go back there, oh, no. and the other two privates have hung themselves. <gasps> they knew also, like, the right move, <laughs> I, uh, 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 more and more. Hmm. It sure seems so. And 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 private Jesso comes back there too, and he's sobbing. And He's like, I didn't think they'd really do it. I just, I didn't know. I, you know, I, I just work there, you know, I whatever. And so, uh, we went back to like find these bodies, and Jim. Who, after seeing the spiders and, like, his going through this, Jim has snapped. And now Jim believes Mrs. Carmody's whole business. It would be hard not to yes. start getting on board with religion
0: at this stage in the game.
1: Yeah. And Jim is sort of like our, you know, he started out rational, but he was always kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. And he's essentially why that guy, that guy Norm died. Right. And so Jim grabs Private Jessup and he hauls him out to the crowd of mm-hmm. Mrs. Carmody's followers and like some of them are, like her or, like really believe in her and other people are just there but it seems right. like now she's like whipping them into a frenzy yeah. and jim's like it was him i heard him say it we all know about that arrowhead project and nobody knows what it is why don't you tell us what it is and mrs carmen like it's you who did this and so um private jessup says i you know i just worked there you know and essentially he tells us i heard stuff <laughs> stuff yes
0: what? we all heard stuff yeah
1: how oh, they thought that there were other dimensions you know other other worlds
0: all around us and how they wanted to try and make um, a, a window, you know, so they could look through and see what's on the other side. Right. Well, maybe
1: your window turned out to be a door, no, didn't it? Yeah. Not mine, those yes. scientists! Oh, the scientists! Yes, the yes, scientists! The scientists. Yes, the scientists. Mm-hmm. And Prime justice was like, again, I just worked there. I don't, I'm not a scientist. Oh. I didn't do this. Unfortunately, he's the closest thing they have to somebody who caused this. Right.
0: And somebody who might know anything about what's going on.
1: And so Mrs. Carmody says, the only way we are going to survive this is expiation, we need to, which is blood atonement. We need to spill no. blood for God to forgive us and allow us to survive. Also, like, Lady, they just told you that this is,
0: like, from another dimension. That's not what the Bible is about. Like, this is not—it
1: doesn't seem like the same thing. I agree with what you're saying. I think in her argument, God controls every dimension. Mm, okay, yeah. But but then it also you're right relies on like well how mad could God get that we accidentally burst through to another dimension like well He made all those dimensions right. He okay. made all these monsters you could argue this was God's plan this whole time but she said we need to spill blood in order that God will be we could be redeemed so the crowd attacks Private Jessam you know and David and our little crew tries to protect him and somebody just punches David right in the face and then the crowd has Private Jessam and they stab him in the stomach and they drag him outside, and they throw him to the monsters. I don't know that that's what I would have done, I guess. Well, if you, who are you in this situation? Um, a rational
0: person, I guess. I don't know. Like, to me, like he's the only one who might have a sense of when this could end, how this yeah, could stop. Like I that's wouldn't, a good point. I wouldn't let him, I'd be like, why don't we not... Um, sacrifice blood to this, and instead ask a, t- a bunch of interrogating questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they throw him outside. He is immediately snapped up by a gigantic fifty-foot crab-looking creature, which lifts him into the air and then he disappears from the mist. But you know he's dead, right? Like you it's hear over. him screaming, and Mrs. Carmody turns. And then, like, there's this great shot where now everyone immediately turns to Mrs. Carmody. Like now she is fully, yeah. we're all on board with her shit, and she said. The Beast will leave us alone tonight. Tomorrow, we'll just have to wait and see. Essentially, if we have to sacrifice someone else, well, we'll find out who it is. I'll let you know. Mm. And she is loving this. Like, she has power like she's never had before. So my question is, Allison, now, who do you think is getting out of this pickle alive?
0: Who will survive?
1: And I'll name some of the characters because there's a bunch of them in this one. There's a lot of people at play. Okay. So we have David and Billy, so the father
0: and son. I think that they will both survive, even though I know from the trailer at one point, because it told us so much that Marcia Gay Harden's like, the boy is the sacrifice, which I hope doesn't end up happening. I think that Marcia Gay Harden, Mrs. Bear Moody, Bear Tucci?
1: Car Moody. Car (laughs) Moody. It's like, hello? (laughs) Um, (laughs) That she will die. We've got Amanda, the other woman. It's like the younger woman. I think she'll survive. I hope, mm-hmm. is Buddy McDougall still alive? She's still alive. I would like her to make it. Absolutely. Um, we've also got Ollie, the assistant mm. manager, who's really come through. I hope, I hope he does too. Okay. And then we've got um, Bud, the manager who was mean to him. He's going to die. And then who else we still have? Oh, Jim and Myron. So Myron is still with our main crew, and okay. Jim has gone over to Mrs. Carmody's Looney Tunes Brigade. I think Myron
0: will survive, but Jim will die? Okay, great. I'm thinking that, like, the religiousness of it all will not pan out, and there's going to yeah.
1: be another answer. Exactly. So their plan is, they've packed up a bunch of supplies, they put it right near cash register too, and when it's dawn, the eight of them, I think there's actually nine, and Billy's just going to sit on someone's lap. Uh-huh. They're, and dawn, they're just going to make a run for it before everyone else gets up. To and the, the Range Rover, to, to the Range River, and just drive. Okay. And just be like, we we'll figure it going. Out. And so they get up, and they sneak over to the cash register, and all their shit's gone. And they look up. Mrs. Carmody has taken their shit, and she is sitting in a folding chair in front of the, the front door with a knife in her hand. <laughs> what? And she said, oh, are you stealing food now? And it's like, bitch, this is like it's a grocery a- store. You don't own it. Right. Also, like, there's so much. Right. Like, we, they were going to
0: eat it here. Right. Everybody could have their own supply of food and there would still be enough.
1: Yeah. And they're like, this is, we're just going to leave. We don't want to bother you. If anything, this is better for you. And she says, no one is leaving. Like, I am the will of God. That's not what God wants. Haven't I shown you again and again that I am his vessel? And everyone's like, hey, 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 let's just calm down now. And she has a big glass jug of milk. And so Marcia Gay Harden's just Ugh. living and laughing and loving and chewing the scenery. And it's just killing it. And she takes a big glug of milk and she said, what's the matter with you? Don't you believe in God? And it's like, while she's saying this, all of her goons are like surrounding them with knives. And they're like, we're just going to go. We're just going to leave. And she's like, you're only going to do what I tell you. I am the word of God on earth. Like, essentially, like, she's gone completely power mad. She's lost it. And she said, I, you know, I decide, you know, whatever... Uh, essentially I'm going to decide who we're going to sacrifice next and I want the boy. So this bitch goes right to, jumps right to, we're going to sacrifice a child in the supermarket. That go, Yeah, that's like,
0: I'm religious to like a completely different deepest end of the pool.
1: Unfortunately, her goons are sort of on board so they are so, like surround them and she takes a big drink of milk and as she lowers the milk, the glass explodes and we realize that she's been shot in the torso. Okay. And Ali ha- has his shotgun, and apparently he found more bullets. Good for him. And Ali has just shot her, and then she looks at him, and he shoots her right between the eyes. Good. And she collapses around, and all of her followers scatter <laughs> immediately, as would happen. And he, but he's obviously he feels terrible. He's like, I'm so sorry. I just, I didn't. I, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't. If I didn't think it was, I needed to. And David's like, Thank you. So they make a fucking run for it, and they, of course, as soon as they get in the mist, it's it's so dense, it's so confusing. They all get, uh, you know. Mixed up and like yeah. run away. Myron is immediately killed. Miss Mister Connell is immediately killed Aww. by the spiders. Oh. Oh, There's good. spiders everywhere in this goddamn. Glad the spiders uh, are
0: still around. Parking
1: lot. Ollie makes it to the truck, but then they all sort of run up next to him and look up, and the crab creature is right above him, and it snaps up Ollie, oh, no. and he drops his gun onto the hood of the car, and Ollie is gone. No. Ollie is he's no more. Aww. And so the only people who successfully make it into the car are. Buddy McDougal, Ruppler. Dan, the guy with the nosebleed, who's the, he's lived the longest. Wow. He's the one who first escaped the the mist he's and got into the, the grocery mist store the longest. And then Amanda, Billy, and David. Okay, so they all make it inside, and Manager Bud almost makes it, but then he chickens out and he runs back to the grocery store. But at first, you're not sure if they're going to let him in. Yeah. So then they all decide, okay, we're just going to drive, and uh, David's able to get Ollie's gun off the hood of the car. Right. And then they drive. There's this great shot of them just driving off the, into the mist. And we pan all the people watching them from the grocery store. And manager, the manager, Bud, is inside, which at least means they let him back in, which That's I did good. think was That's nice. That's good. It's like there's no need to,
0: like... Yeah. Just because someone's kind of a dick.
1: Right, like, he didn't kill Mrs. Carmody. Right. He so just, just it, wanted you know, to He's just trying to figure out how to stay alive. So let him do his thing. And then, Allison, they drive. And they drive and they drive, and they just see all of these terrible tableaus of, like, a school bus, and all the kids inside are cocooned Mm -mm, by those mm -mm, spiders. mm -mm, There's police cars just overturned on the highway. The highway signs themselves are ripped down. And at a certain point, they hear this rumbling, and they stop on the highway, and you see this gigantic monster, and it looks like this, like, 500-foot-tall... I'm not good at measurements. Thousand foot tall Mm -hmm. elephant covered in, of course, tentacles. So now we know where the tentacles came from. Got it. And it's it's like a gigantic mammoth covered in what looks like octopus tentacles, and it stomps by. Doesn't even see them because it's so huge. So they understand like, oh, this is not. We've only seen a little bit of what has been released. And they drive and they drive and they drive until they run out of gas. And all of a sudden, they're still in the fog. And they just come to a halt on the... And and this scene is so good. I understand why people didn't like it, but it's played so well, and everyone is a great actor. And they all, they stop, and Billy's asleep in Amanda's lap. And they all start looking at each other like, well, I guess we've come to the end of the line. And we hear in the distance, like, monsters screaming. So, like, there's still, like... It's coming. And David takes out Ollie's gun, which he has. And he opens a chamber, and he says... There's four bullets. <gasps> and Amanda says, but there's five of us. Well, two of you are stand back to back. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I'm going to, yeah, just uh, yeah. one of each side. <laughs> um, and David says, I'll figure something out. Cut to the outside of the truck. And you see four gunshots go off, like the flash of the uh-huh. light. And then we just cut to David in the driver's seat. And he's just screaming. And he puts the gun in his mouth and he's firing, but he's like, dry firing it because there's no he bullets. Knows. So. Yeah, but he's obviously so horrified by what he's had to do. That, like, and then he just gets out and he's just screaming, like, "Come and get me!" You know, when you hear like this rumbling in the in the ground, and then he turns around and Allison, what he sees coming down the road is not monsters; it's the military, <gasps> and they're like all of these trucks and all of these supplies oh. and like these people like in hazmat suits and like all like they're flame throwing monsters, like you know, as they go, and he sees all these trucks of people who have been rescued, and the. In one of those trucks is the woman with the short hair that left immediately when the mist rolled in. Who said, "I made you all rot in hell." My kids are at home. It's her and her kids, and they're fine. And they and she locks oh. eyes with David, and he just falls to the ground and just screams. And Allison, that's the end. Do they save him? Yeah, they save him. They're going to save him. Yeah. Oh, just a moment—not oh. even a full minute. Oh, that's painful. If they waited five more minutes, they all would've been alive, and they all would've been fine. Wow. But I know. Okay. Yeah. I have some complaints,
0: but. laid on me. Um, and not just like, I don't like spiders. Like I didn't love all of the cocooning, but like, mm-hmm. so we don't know. The answer to like what this was is like, oh, you opened up a door to another dimension and that dimension yes. is horrific monsters shrouded in mist.
1: Yeah. That's all. That, that's all. That's that. That's all we know. I think. Yeah. I don't love that. I mean, you want, you want a more satisfying answer I about guess what, I want, what it was. Yeah,
0: I guess because, like, it's when you start to blend, right. like, another dimension with, like, the military opened it. Then I'm like, well, now I want to know more about what the, like, I, I want, if it, if it was just, like, another dimension had opened and monsters came, like, I don't know. I feel like the military right. muddles it for me. And I want more answers or, or, less, in, or less military
1: I guess I feel like, to me, this is the perfect amount of explanation I like. Okay. Oh, the military did it. it's like, oh, a scientist did it. Great, that's all I need to know. Okay. Okay. But, but I understand, but you're not wrong. I see exactly what you're saying. It's like, but then how did they fight it? How did they close it? How? Right. Where did this stuff come? How did it, why did it do all this stuff? Right.
0: Even though, like, yeah. of course, the story is of the people fighting in the grocery store and splitting up and decide, but like... I still want oh, answers. Oh, and I forgot
1: an important point in the story, which is they do try to stop at David's house, mm. and he sees Steph has been completely cocooned up mm. because, as we know from the beginning, that tree fell into their picture window, so she didn't, she could not save herself, essentially. Oh. I know. I, that's a- So he did try to go back for her, but she did. She did. Everyone did. Well, maybe the people at the grocery store got saved. So, okay, to that point... Are we supposed to believe they did or did not? And so I looked this up, and apparently... So the director, Frank Darabont... Darabont? Excuse me. He wanted a second truck to drive by with, like, Jim and all the people from the grocery store mm-hmm. to suggest you shouldn't have left. However, by the time they were shooting that scene, a bunch of those people had wrapped, so they just <laughs> didn't put it in. But we know that, yes, he wanted us to know that the people who were still alive in the grocery store, they lived. That's and because I think the point is, if they had all just acted normally and rationally, they were they wouldn't have even been there three whole days. Right. But like as humans, we can't do it. We just like we have to keep going. Have to keep going. Yeah. If everyone had just hunkered down and been chill, yeah, they would be being rescued by the military right now. Is what they're saying. Wow, what a terrible um, reflection of our society. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and there are there any fatal mistakes other than you know maybe the the very um, obvious one at the real the tail end of the movie there.
0: Fatal mistakes.
1: I mean, again,
0: like the spiraling out of control that happened when they were in the safest place they could be, and also just like listen to people when they tell you like enough was already going on. Like, once the mist rolled in and somebody was like, something's in the mist, like, if somebody says, like, something weird is happening over here, like, I'm going to believe, like, you believe that?
1: Yes. Exactly. If, if someone that you were neighbors with says, I saw a monster outside, why not believe them? Right. Right. There's no, what are they gaining from
0: making that up? So, I think believing people early on in a crisis, or, yes. it's important. Trusting science. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And then uh, not just taping uh, Marsha Gay Harden's mouth shut early on.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I think, I mean, I guess maybe that's like, for example, like, let, let's say if somebody is sort of um, spreading lies and, and everything and inciting violence, do you take them off Twitter? Right, right. Do you they shut They should have down, maybe taken her off Twitter, yes. aka duct taped her and put her in the loading dock. Yes, yes. Yes, I, I, agree I would with suggest
0: that. that. So those would be kind of some of the biggies.
1: Um, so I just want to play a quick segment called, Should You Stay or Should You Go Now? And these are scenarios that I want to know. Would you attempt to leave mm. if this was the horror movie situation you're in? Okay. <clears throat> it's the mist, but instead of mist, it's the spaghetti from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Would you try to leave? Oh, well, is, are the monsters in the spaghetti or is it just spaghetti? It's just like gigantic meatballs and spaghetti and other foods falling from the sky at all times. I guess, yes. Okay.
0: Though it's like, again, like, where are you going? Like, the, my, my question that's is the like, question. where are you going that's going to be better than this? Like, unless you right. had like a location that you knew you could get to. Right, like an underground bunker or something. Right, or you knew that there was like a military base or a police station or like something that you knew like had more supplies or like better like telecommunications technology closer to you. Other than that, I'm
1: staying put. Okay, good. And then I was going to say, what if, if you were going to stay, I'm going to say, you could stay, but Miss Carmody is sacrificing people who eat carbs. Oh, then I would go. I eat carbs. Oh, absolutely. How else would we survive? I mean, that's like literally been How did the we last get this year. year? <laughs> okay, so what if it's the mist but instead of the mist? It's raining men from the "It's raining men" song. Would you try to leave? Who are the men? They're tall. They're short. They're long <laughs> and lean. They're rough and t- tough. Rough and, tough and, and strong and, and, strong and, and mean. mean. Yeah, so all kinds. I would say, are are it's raining men, a rainbow of men. Um, And I guess I think that they're surviving, but to me, it's more about the danger of.
0: Yeah, what's my risk here? Is it encountering the men or getting hit by a
1: man flying? It's being crushed. It's It's, being crushed. It's being crushed. Yeah. Yeah. The men themselves, I think, I want to think that they could hit the ground in a three-point stance, like Captain Marvel or something, and be fine. But they could smush you if they hit you. Right. I guess, like, no, I'm staying put. Okay. But what if, if you stay put, Mrs. Carmoody is sacrificing people, but only people who have slept with over five comedians.
0: Oh no! Would you stay? I know <laughs> I would have to leave.
1: It's a it's a no win situation. <laughs> no win. I'm gonna go. Some a man is ruining my life either way. So, <laughs> and then finally, what if it's the mist? But instead of the mist, it's the November rain from Guns N' Roses song, mm, November Rain, and off. you're but you're wearing an all
0: suede outfit. Oof. And, you know, I want to take a page from Seinfeld and, like, turn the jacket inside out. But what if the lining looks stupid? And what if the lining—I'm I'm going to call it the lining
1: is also suede. Oh, wow. Suede, lined, and suede. What a purchase. We're—this is—I guess in this situation, we're being sponsored by the suede council. So we—all yes. we wear is suede we because only, we get it free. Yeah, suede—head-toe suede. suede. Um. Yes. Suede shoes, hat. suede purse, suede hat. Gigantic. <laughs> a a, a huge collection. Suede hat. Would you go outside?
0: I mean, the fa- I, I have to assume I have more access to new suede. Oh, that's a good down point. <laughs> road for being sponsored
1: by the suede council. <laughs> so I would um, risk
0: that suede, knowing more suede was available to me. If okay, I was saved,
1: so what if it turns out that you won't get any more suede because the suede council found some of your old anti-suede tweets mm. and now have cut you off from your suede also, supply? Also, like wet suede. That's got to be that's the a issue. Tough, like not even
0: just like saving the garment, but like how that must feel. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's it's like sticky and like heavy. I guess I would go.
1: But then the flip side, if you stay, I'm going to have Mrs. Kermudy is killing people who wear too much suede. (laughs) Not because of a biblical reason, but just because she just thinks it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. And that's her opinion, not mine. I, you know,
0: I think I would have to stay and take off as much of the suede as I could. (laughs) I like that. We're at a grocery store. There's got to be like some men's undershirts for sale somewhere. You know
1: what I mean? Like, I put on something else. In a panic, your underwear. Your underwear is also suede. Oh God, Allison! I just want to point out before we wrap up here that they actually use your response to a horror movie situation in the end of the movie. I know. Look, at how that. do you feel about that? Are you proud? No, Are you sad? because they did it
0: way too late. Yeah, if you'd be pop off right if off of you're that. gonna do it, you got to do it early. Because like. You don't want to find out that you were seconds away from being saved yes. by the military. You want a couple days. You want to do okay. it. Date? Yeah, a couple of days. Right at the start, it's like, well, that was her decision. At least she didn't have to see anybody she knows
1: cocooned by a retriever sized spider. Yeah. How long would you be in that supermarket before you would decide to to wrap things up? I think within six hours. Six hours! I mean, there you have it. Based on I think once the pterodactyls broke the
0: glass, yeah, I'd be it, like, we are going to wrap it up on me.
1: Yeah, pterodactyls that also, one, catches on fire, and then fire is spreading throughout. So not only just pterodactyls and deadly bugs. The building's are on exactly. fire. You don't know, like, you know, first it was mist, then it was bugs, then it was
0: pterodactyls. Like, you don't know what's coming next, but it's not going to be good. So yeah. I, that's when I would
1: close up shop. And then finally... We've arrived at the spooky scale. Allison, where would you rate this on a a scale of one to 10 screams? A spooky scale. I mean, I don't like
0: spiders. Mm -hmm. And that ending is horrific, but like Mm -hmm. not... Because of what happened, like, because of, like, what happens and not because of, like, the premise of the film.
1: That's a very good point, yeah. So, a different kind of It's horror. a
0: different, co- so, like, I wish I, the movie, to- or the ending to me gets, like, a nine. But the movie as a whole, I feel like, is, like, a six. Okay, great. A six? Spooky-wise? Yeah. Because also, like, again, like, for me, like, on an answers front, I wasn't getting enough answers. Mm-hmm. To be like sufficiently afraid of this happening. <laughs> okay.
1: I'm gonna go with a five. I really like this kind of movie. I think it's also it's like sort of why, like a sci fi horror or like a, a horror where like you cannot escape the situation, mm-hmm. like a murderer. Okay. There's probably gonna be some moments where you're not afraid, right? You know, or even a ghost. But this is just, Non-stop. there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You were just full of anxiety and panicking the whole time, which I think is really fun. Yeah. yeah so I'm gonna give it a five. All right. Well, guys. That's The Mist. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Please rate and review our podcast if you like it. Subscribe. We
0: really appreciate it. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Ruin Podcast. And uh, if you have movie suggestions, questions, like we will answer them on the pod. We are down to chat. So please contact us and keep listening.
1: And as always, until then, you must.
0: Please. Absolutely.
1: Keep keep it spooky. spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa.